We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shabbos, everybody. Good Shabbos. So the learning this morning, the reading this morning for the open up or for the, the wisdom of the morning in our first Aliyah, which is known as open up, but also inviting everyone in the community who feels called to come forward for an Aliyah for this first reading. If the wisdom that we will explore together speaks to you, then come and be blessed by Torah in a moment. The Torah is now deeply in. Chapter uh, 8 is deeply in the book of Leviticus. The first eight chapters of the book of Leviticus are the walking instructions. It's the manual for being in the Mishkan, for being in the tabernacle, which is the, the space for the technology of worship in the desert for the Jewish people, the Israelite people. And even though we are a long way away from the temple and the sacrificial system that involved uh, animals being brought for sacrifice. We are a long way away from there. A couple thousand years and many technological advances and differences in style. We, as a people, have continued to read this essentially history of the way our ancestors worshipped their God as instructive for the way that we might worship ours. That we might enter into our holy service, into our bhakti, our own devotion, our own seva, our own service in the world, our own avodah, our own sense of how it is that we are to build a holy world together. That even the book of Leviticus, even with its details and things that seem odd and strange, are instructive in some way. And I'm hoping that that's the case, of course, this morning, that some wisdom will emerge and some advice for how we might lead our lives. Those of you who are with us for the open book, the Parsha class this morning at 9 o'clock in the morning know that I said and made a promise that we were going to explore a very simple idea but see what it raises for you in your own lives. And it's a simple idea that I think is very profound. And the idea is introduced not in the text itself but a couple of hundred years later, thousands of years probably, thousand years later from the text, by the rabbis who wrote the Midrashim in the first millennia, the rabbis who wrote the the stories, the folklore, the interpretive power of Midrash, which means literally to expound or to express meaning, those rabbis usually begin with what I call the Midrashic moment, where something in the text screams, uh, doesn't make sense, there's a, there's some difference, there's some, right, something doesn't work. And so it invites interpretation, invites explanation. Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 1 rather, of chapter 8, we have for context of this text, we have again in the first seven chapters of the book of Leviticus been told about what is to happen and to take place in the sanctuary, in the Mishkan, the tabernacle. But we're getting ready for the big inauguration of that institution. It's the big ribbon-cutting ceremony which will take place next week in the Parsha known as Shmini, and it was on the eighth day. Eighth day to what? The eighth day of a seven-day 
celebration that was to launch the tabernacle. Chapter 8 is the beginning of that inauguration, that institutional send-off. And so, here are the words. Verse 1, And God spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his children with him. And those garments, right? The priest wore special priest clothing, right? The garments made the man, made the priest, right? If you didn't wear the garments, they weren't, you weren't a priest, right? So bring those bigadim. The Midrash says here, even the clothing achieved atonement. There's clothes that can heal, healing clothing. That Shemen Amishcha also take the anointing oil, the Shemen that they anointed, and also the animals you'll need, the par, the, the cow or the, the bull, that was a purification offering, a sin offering, right? Shne'elim, two rams, and the basket of unleavened bread. And then this verse that bothered the rabbis a lot. That kol ha'ida, and the entirety of the community, hak'el, gather them, assemble them. Where? El petach ol mo'ei, to the entrance of the tent of meeting. Vayas Moshe, verse 4, and Moses did everything that God told him to do, and doesn't say all of the bigadim, it doesn't say the clothing, it says, here's what he did. He brought everyone to the opening to the tent of meeting. And then he said to the Edah, to the community, Edah, community, Zedavar, this is the thing that God has said we should do, and what must be done. And on this verse, this verse of congregating, of assembling, getting everybody together at the opening to the tent of meeting, Rashi, right, the 11th century commentator, quotes an earlier Midrashic source. In other words, Rashi is bothered, others were bothered, he quotes them, and here's his phrase that became our phrase for interpretive, imaginative play. This is one of the places, says Rashi, quoting an earlier Midrash, there are many places, but this is one of them, Shechzik Mu'at et Hamirubah where the small held the large. What did he mean by that? The problem in the text is that God seems to be saying, bring everybody to the opening of the tent. Everybody. In the language of the Midrash that Rashi did not quote, here's the language of the actual Midrash. There's a certain Rabbi Elazar, he said, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Kol Yisrael Shishimri Bo. All of Israel is 600,000 men, 3 million altogether if you count everybody, and you tell them all to gather at the doorway? Really? That must be a really big doorway. <laughs> but rather, he said, this is one of the times where a small mu'at, mu'at, held mu'at. What a great phrase. A small amount that holds a lot. A small amount that holds a lot. This is one of the places, and the Midrash goes on to name all of the other places. And the first one on the list is in the story of Genesis, where God says, let all the waters of creation gather into one place. And the Midrash says, hmm, that's weird. If you're going to pour water into another vessel, you probably would get an empty vessel and put all the water into the empty vessel so it could all fit. But what would it mean for all the waters to gather in one place where there is already water and the whole world is water? And the Midrash invites this image 
of the ubiquity of water everywhere gathering in one place and yet still being connected to all of its places. 600,000 people gathered at the doorway to the tent of meeting. And in our opening up, this open book this morning, when we just like looked at this Midrash, it, it really started to percolate for us. This phrase of when a little bit can and must expand to hold more than it seems like it can hold. And so that's where we're going to open up right now. Where did this land for you? Because I really wanted us to take this phrase and walk it out into our lives. Where is it that a little bit holds a lot? And under what conditions must we say? Because there are other places in the Torah where a lot of people gathered in one place, but something about the inauguration of this institution needed everyone present in some way. And miracle had to happen so that all of them could be there, which is telling us something about how we start things. All right, enough? Yes, Rabbi. <laughs> Rabbi Evelyn has something to say. If we can't hear Nick, God is in each of us, and we, the little, the body, the mind, is carrying this enormous God. And so a really big lucky, God in a really little body. And if we're body. lucky enough, when we meditate, we sometimes get out of this body and really become this huge God that's in us. Also, here we are, this tiny little shul. Oh, little shul. We're not shul. so little. <laughs> you know, and 600 God, members is kind of like, I'm just saying, it's not well, that size matters when it comes to shuls, but we're like not small. But yes, go ahead. Well, like the 600. And God is right here. And God's presence. Right here. That even in small places, right, the divine presence, I can do it Nick. it's okay. And, okay. So I think about, um, is, that, is it on? Yeah. Yes, okay. I uh, think about um, the particularity of each moment um, and how one moment can expand through generations. And so that we treat each moment very seriously um, because if what we do at that moment, for good or not so good, can have ramifications all over the world and for generations. So inviting here this image of temporality or time, right? A small unit of time can have within it almost like a fractal of time. Time can expand uh, to include many, many moments, both in many directions. And so I just want us also in this practice that we're doing, because this Midrashic practice is also will deepen if we ask ourselves, what does it mean also in my life? Like, how does this speak for me? Like, in a, I have moments that are, right, if you use that language in the grammatical form can actually make it very like I have had moments where I feel like all of eternity has been collapsed in one moment. I have had experiences in a small space, a small community that can hold a very big God, a very big dimension. So if we could move in that direction. Okay, Caroline. So what popped into my head when you were saying that just now was how the Jewish people have always been such a small minority, but that the way that our community and you have led our community to be inclusive, to bring more of the large world into our practice and into the possibility that our practice holds. So Mel Skolt, so Mel Skolt, who was at our open book this morning, is a uh, someone who studied and wrote books about 
the founder of the Reconstructionist movement of Reconstructing Judaism, it's now called. Mel Skold wrote about Mordechai Kaplan, and he was in our class this morning, and Mel said that he felt that this entire piece was about the particular and the universal. That the Mishkan, which was the ancient sanctuary, was about how we hold the particular. The particular must be a portal for the universal. And here it's all of the Israelites. But he said it could be like the whole world has to be able to fit in. you got the whole wide world in your hands. Right? There's a sense that um, a, a, a community has to also have this way that it includes and keeps expanding to include more and more. And when we feel like we can't include anymore, we say, oh, we can fit one more. Anybody ever have that? Like You're like getting into a cab or you're sitting down at a table and you say, like, and people are like, no, I can't get in. They're like, no, it's, it's a New York subway moment. Like, you can, there's one more. There's one more. It's like you can get another one in. Get another one in. We can include even that. We can include even those people. And, and even in our open up, in the open, I'm sorry, in the open book this morning, someone mentioned, right, what about this country and immigrants, right? The sense that we don't have enough room here. It's like, no, we have, we're the ma'at, we're not so ma'at, so all, but, you know, in the small mind, there's never enough room, but in the big mind, even a small space can hold and has room for more. There's room for more. One more. Love it. Happy are those who live in your house. Od, there's room for one more. The more, Od, Yalalucha. Salah. Thanks, David. I was Josh. thinking about um, last week I was in the subway with my son, and somebody asked me, um, sort of out of nowhere on the platform, if I could tie their shoe. <laughs> and uh, Just out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. Wow. And, I, and I looked at her, and I thought the first place my mom went to was sort of mistrust. Um, and I looked at her, I said, are you serious? And she said, yeah. And then she pointed, she said, um, she showed me a brace that she was wearing. She said, I just had surgery on my back. Huh. So I got down on my knee on the floor, and I tied her boot. And I got onto the, um, the subway train, and she got on as well. And we went a few stops together, and she got off uh, a few stops later. And she made sure to catch my eye. And she said, thank you. And she meant truly thank you. Right. And um, that that small thing, that sort of shoelace I can feel in my hand, the idea of going to that place where um, something so small just felt so much bigger, I, I felt like thanking her in that moment. Mm. So now Josh has brought us into a different axis, which is beautiful. The axis of not knowing what small act of generosity or one small act of the ripples it would have right on into a larger context. Something so small can hold so much that we that's not visible, right? Just from some small amount um, of, of generosity and trust can build, a, it's kind of the ROI on such a small investment, right? From something so small, look at the generous, you know, return that you got. It's so beautiful. Okay, Eden, and then we're going to move. I think, Will, did you have your hand up? And then we'll move back to Nehemiah. Um, something that strikes me about this right now that's really powerful for me is that I feel like the Torah is saying that even if it's, or no, that it is impossible, like the rabbis are bothered by that, it's impossible for every Israelite in this society to have access to this incredibly important moment that is the beginning of an institution that makes you part of the society, that makes you counted in this society and gives you some kind of equality in the eyes of the society and in the eyes of God. And that it's the, the, that everyone having equality of access is so important that a miracle is created by the Midrash, by the story 
to grant everyone access. And I think the, the imagery of the water, like using that as the source text, the, the source imagery of the water, all, the water not having to shrink or conform in order to create creation, but that the act of creation has to encompass all of the waters in their fullness, as opposed to asking any one water or person or entity or being or whatever to become smaller or not be themselves. It has to hold it all. And I think that's amazing and um, so, no, so heartening. Take it, so now take me in. So, okay, beautiful image. And in, in today, walk me to the Torah of, of that today. That to be part of a community, like as, so if I'm just making it personal, if I'm welcoming someone into my community, that I welcome that person in their fullness and that I trust that my community has room for them and not only has room for them, but is whatever I might ask them to take away from themselves in order to be in community with me is a loss for the community and dismantles as opposed to creates the community. And, yeah. And is that the opening to the tent of meeting, which is itself beautiful, like the tent of meeting, the place where meeting happens or the time place has to have a capacity to expand for it to be able to start. I think Will had his hand up. Will? Again. And then you can pass it to the family when you finish. Sure. Um, so to go back to the tent of opening, it must have been a very big door. Um, I'm like picturing a wide open desert. And for me, what made this really real is that not everyone could physically be there or fit in a door. It necessitates that we become ambassadors on behalf of our communities. And thinking in my life, I'm an ambassador of a zillion things. My yoga studio, this community, X, Y, and Z, I could go on. And as curious as my life is expanding and creating nonprofits and projects and work and relationships and all of that, that it's possible now to interact with other people as ambassadors and representatives of the organizations which they come from. And just in terms of my own time, you know, I'm thinking people sometimes ask me, how are you making time for all these people? There's kind of room for always a little bit more. Hmm. So that's Beautiful. what I'm taking away. Beautiful. Uh, I want to carry on on what Evelyn said and a few others. We are so big, each one of us. The entire temple, the Mishkan and this synagogue was built. So we have as an allegory that we know that inside us is such a big temple. The entire structure with the seven candles, like the seven uh, chakras, all this to remind us that inside is the big temple. So when we open our heart to this light, then we can be 600,000, we could be million in front of a small place and we are all there. Because it doesn't matter if you are one feet away or generation, whatever, because we are in the place where everything comes to one. So it's called to open the heart to experience the Mishkan inside. Amen. So I want to just work with that and then, and then invite people to come up to the Torah. So 
what wasn't mentioned clearly, but I think a lot of us were thinking this, was birth imagery. was was mentioned in the open in the open book this morning. The notion of of how is it possible for a human, you know, for a little baby, or not so little, right, for the body to be able to hold that and to bring that into the world. And we talked about the heart too. That so often when we imagine, you know, little kids will say this very clearly, and adults will have a harder time saying this, but we'll feel it. Can the heart expand open and love another brother, another sister? You're not going to feel like you're divided. You won't have enough love left for me, Ima. And what's miraculous is that the heart can open and include another, another. And the heart is that little ma'at, the ma'zik nurba, that the heart holds so much in that little place, right? The whole body is itself held together by small, the heart, the mind, the brain, whatever it is. The whole, right, the whole is run by the part, as it were. And so this invitation this morning is as God says to Moshe, yeah, all of them need to be in the opening to the tent. And Moshe is like, all of them? All of them. Everyone has to be in the opening of the tent, in that same place where the mezuzah, the same opening to freedom, involves everyone. If one is free and others aren't, then we're not all free. And to some degree, the notion that we can hold more, right? There are places where we can't. But here in this instance this morning, I would like to invite up for this aliyah those who are feeling challenged by their limited capacities and asking themselves, can I really handle one more of anything? Right? Can I really handle and the blessing of ma'at machzik mirba that just a little bit can go a long way. One act of kindness, one act, one deep breath can give us more room, one spaciousness to be more available in whatever way, shape, or form that looks for you to please stand up and walk to Torah this morning for the first Aliyah.